Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Welcome to the bloodandmud.com podcast. We are now in episode 91. I am Lee Calvert, the editor of bloodandmud.com, and over there, the gentleman is... I'm Josh Gardner of RugbyShootWatch.com. We are officially in the nervous 90s, Josh, episode 91. This could go one of two ways. We could hideously run ourselves out in some way. Or we could power through for the big century. I mean, I know which way my natural inclination is to go in these things. But uh, I guess time will tell. It will. Why not stay tuned, everyone, and find out how this goes? (laughs) You can get in touch with the pod at Blood and Mud. That's me. And there's bloodandmud.com, and there's a Facebook page, and there's Lee at bloodandmud.com if you're on the email. And Josh, how do I get in touch with you? Uh, at Josh Gardner, or uh, at Rugby Shirt Watch on Twitter, or rugbyshirtwatch.com, or uh, Rugby Shirt Watch on Facebook. Uh, yeah, that's about it. We start, as always, with a mundane player spotted. Oh, yes. Matt Dunn got in touch on Twitter, mm. and he says, I've got a fantastic player spotted for you. Now, let me stop. Matthew, we will be the judge of whether this is a fantastic player spotted. So Ooh. you're a bit previous yeah, there. Yeah, don't but, get carried away. But anyway, he says, leaving the barbershop in Headingley this morning, Ooh. he said, two Yorkshire Carnegie players walked in head to toe in stash. It was so mundane, I can't even tell you who they were. They were only recognisable due to being full stash wankers. That is... Oh, I mean, in many ways, that is the ideal player that spotted. That is the most perfect player spotted, them. Yeah. 
<laughs> where and you don't even know who the fuck they, they are. They are so mundane, you can't even yeah. recognise who they are. But of course, there is always the risk that they could just be full kit wankers. They could be like the physio. Like... They could be the physio. They could be the physio or super fans, fully grown yeah, super fans. Or super fans, yeah. Uh, funny enough, actually, just before we came on air tonight, a uh, friend of the pod, Adam Reese, uh, got in touch with his own player spotted that comes Did he really? from just just this this weekend. Uh, Adam starts at Hollywood Hollywood Bowl in Cardiff Bay on Saturday. Quality class, bowl. class, um, class. A friend of mine was holding his 18-month-old baby when he took a step backwards into the path of an oncoming Craig Quinnell. Woof. Woof. I pulled my friend out of the way and told him I had saved him and his daughter's life. Yeah, that's a child protection referral, that is. Yeah. Uh, when my friend suggested that Craig had time to walk around, I explained that that wasn't really the Quinnell style, and we laughed heartily. <laughs> To emphasise this further, that despite it being the coldest day of the year up to this point, Craig was wearing red shorts, which revealed his calves, which are still bigger than small walrus. <laughs> shorts in December. Shorts in... Now, let's be honest. There was not a lot of snow in Cardiff on Saturday, but there has been about six or seven inches of snow in Wales recently. It, it couldn't be described as warm anywhere, though. It, it was fucking Baltic <laughs> on the weekend, and that man was wearing red calf ruining shorts, and, well, he's Craig Cornell. What else is he going to do? Well, I, don't, yeah. I imagine Craig Quinnell doesn't own trousers, if I'm honest. Where does he get them from? You'd have to get them taken out, wouldn't he? You'd have to. Yeah, you would imagine so. It's, Maybe that's know, why he just wears shorts. He has to go to the darkest corner of Giacomo when he still struggles. <laughs> he, he's literally High and Mighty's best customer in Cardiff. Is that still a thing, High and Mighty? That, that used to be the I've only shop, no, didn't it, for, for fat or no tall idea. people? Yes. Or fat and tall people, of course. Yes, that's the, therein lies the point. You've got to be both fat and tall. <laughs> Woe beside you if you're not. On the both. Venn diagram. Get out. <laughs> you're just a lanky get. Out. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Where yes. were we? Yeah. We... Shall we talk about some news? <laughs> yes. It's been there's, there's news literally happening all over the place. Um, I've one bit of news from this week mm-hmm. is that uh, the rugby rule book is going to be forty two percent shorter from next season. I like to think they were listening to us the other week when we said we only want twelve rules. Yeah, or 12 well, laws and everything else. So actually, they're probably getting near to that now, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, it's officially the first time in history that anyone's trumpeted something being 42% shorter than normal as a good thing. But, I mean, they are. And it's now 7.26 on the uh, scale fog index <laughs> compared to 10.6 previously in terms of readability, oh. whatever the... Oh Fuck yeah, I means. understand absolutely everything of what you've just said there. Well, exactly. The, 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 the irony, I hope, is not lost on them that they've attempted to trumpet their new readability thing by wheeling out a load of fucking jargony mumbo-jumbo that nobody has any fucking clue what it means. You I'm know, full of hope. Full in, good, of hope. in good news, um, that means there's 42% less laws for Rabba Somali to be exempt from. That is true. But I don't think they've changed any of the laws. They've just made them slightly more succinct. Which, if anything, might make Nigel a little bit less fucking wordy. You'd hope. I mean, to be fair, actually, nobody reads the entire law book, do they? Unless Hell you're a ref, no, it's... I'm guessing. But when I've gone to look at laws on the rare occasion I'm trying to clarify something or trying to get... Yeah. Rare... Most of them aren't ridiculously bad. They're quite no, straightforward, they're, they're... I think. I think they've kind of tried to make it more sensical and a little bit more sort of gent... Like, less jargony technically right but that fucker was 212 pages long before so it's still going to be like 100 pages plus which is a still nobody a lot actually of has the book though do they apart from maybe like hugh Llewellyn davis because he hasn't discovered like a computer or a smartphone 
They've got a fucking app, haven't they? The the one of yeah, World Rugby's. Yeah. They've got the World Rugby Laws app because that's what a ridiculous game it is that we love. That what the governing body has to create a fucking app with the rules on it so that fans can consult it at a moment's notice <laughs> <laughs> to explain to their non-rugby playing friends what's going on. Or, or indeed, you know to their about rugby. rugby what just happened there? Just give me a yeah. sec. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we will. So when's it coming in January, isn't it? Yeah, next year sometime, I think. Yeah. Oh, so okay. is it out for consultation now or something? Probably. There you go. If you want to know more about it, look it up because obviously, look it up on yeah, the app because we we're don't... not actually the news. So you <laughs> no, know, not really. What else have we got that's going on? Um, Bruce McConaughey got in touch on Twitter and pointed out because, and I'd forgotten about this entirely that on this day in two thousand and five, the eleventh of December two thousand and five, Jonah Lomu made his debut for Cardiff. Oh, see. I'd what forgotten a, that had even happened. What a remarkable thing. I remember I was in Cardiff when that happened. Yeah, me too. And but I, I, I still I, don't remember it happening. And that's the thing. I remember just going, fuck me, Jane Lowe is playing for Cardiff. This is the weirdest thing that's ever happened. And then thinking, oh, we'll definitely have to go and see a game that he's playing in before the end of the season. And we waited like two weeks and he broke his ankle and never played for the game. And it was, we were quite sad about that. But Yeah. Yeah, was it against Calvisiano or Calvisiano? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, God, it's, it's just one of the, the weird little footnotes in rugby history. That yeah, I was saying before I came on, right. I, I went to watch Cardiff at that time, but I'm, I think the two wingers that I when I went were Anthony Sullivan and Chris Checkeye. Yeah, I mean, certainly in terms of star power, <laughs> it was, was a, it was a substantial <laughs> increase in the wattage of that particular bulb in going from Chris Checkeye. God rest his terrible head soul. We've got a chance to sign Jonah Lomu. You know, what about Chris Jackai? Fair dues. How long Uh, that meeting last for? (laughs) I'm going to look up the Cardiff Blues squad in the 2007 season. 2005 season, this was. Uh, 2005, sorry. Fuck me, that's a long time ago. Isn't it just? Uh, I feel really old now. Yeah, both my kids were preschool then. They were dark days, let me tell you. I was in the second year of university then. <laughs> oh, isn't it, number, isn't, isn't number it eight. Number eight. A glorious pair of number eights for Cardiff in the 2005-06 season. Go. Xavier Rush. Oh, yeah. My hero. And Andrew Bloody Powell. <laughs> was he at Cardiff then? Yes. Hey, that's a decent turnout, that is. That's not I'll tell you what, those are two good. Yeah, I mean, let's see. Left wing. Was Anthony Freddy Sullivan G- there? Uh... Not that year, no. Yeah, right wing. <laughs> See if we can spot the odd one out here. Freddie Tuilagi. I forgot. Was he at Cardiff? When did that yeah, happen? Yeah, very briefly. Johnny Vaughton, Nick Wayne, Craig Morgan, Leon Andrews, Chris Chekai, Jonah Lomu. <laughs> 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 I mean, in that back line, in, like, fuck me. The back line I, mean, I don't. I don't think that needed Lomu's quality bringing in, really, when you look no, at really. it. No, really. Was... I mean, compared with the rest, he fit right in with a, a centre thing of Tom Shanklin, Jamie Roberts, fair enough, but also Matthew Nuttall and a lot of players who I, I've literally never even heard of, and I went to watch Cardiff <laughs> a fair bit at this point. Was Craig Quinnell still there then? He must have been. Uh, no, he might just have gone by then. He was definitely there in 04 because I went to watch him versus yeah, Harlequins he might have... when he was playing. I went to watch him gone. versus Harlequins. He was playing and threw up. That's how unfit yes. he was. And 
outside half for Harlequins at 10 was Gareth Reese. Oh. Canadian Gareth Reese in the yes. twilight of his career when he properly had like a like a pot belly. It was one, one waddling gone, about the pitch. He's gone full good, as we came yeah, to call it. He had gone full good, but obviously a lot more charming. Yeah. The um, hardest props that year were Gethin Jenkins and Reese Gill. Fair enough. And filling in, filling the uh, the Craig Quinnell void, it was uh, John Yap. Good old Yap. John Yap. He was a prop Yap, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah, you are. Sorry, I'm looking at the wrong part of the squad list there. <laughs> John, was that? Was that bald one from Swansea there? Ben Evans, was he still there then? Uh, yes, he was. Good knowledge. Well, there you go. Anyway, this was our up-to-date yes, news has taken us to the 2005 We have literally, we have literally spent about 15 minutes. To, uh, for all you Cardiff Blues fans out there, I'm sure you'll enjoy that trip down memory lane. Beautiful where we... trip down memory lane. Needlessly talked about the Cardiff squad from 2005. Anyway. Speaking of Cardiff... Yes. Sam Warburton is out for the Six Nations and probably uh, the whole season. Probably the whole season. And fuck me, I kind of feel like you should just take it. Just like knock this year on the head, mate. Get your body right. Because it has probably never been right since about 2007. It really hasn't, has it? It no, has been two steps forward, take, one step back on it ever since. Take the fucking year, man. Just Wales are fine. Like I know we got to play Josh Navidi in the autumn, but generally Wales are fine at open side. Cardiff broadly fine at open side. Just just do it. Just take the year. Do it for your body. Do it for your future ability to get down on your hands and knees and play with your kids. It's not fucking worth it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. But in uh, Wales' first choice back row of the news, Faletau and Moriarty are possibly doubtful for the Six Nations now, do you think? I mean, Faletau being out for the Six Nations, I mean, we have no other number eights, apparently. So I genuinely don't know what would happen then. We play What's fucking... Alex Popham doing? Yes. Andy, I mean, Andy Powell's there. <laughs> I mean, it's just, people playing eight for the regions at the moment. Most of them aren't from round here. And the ones that are are James King. So, well, it will be James King, won't it? If it'll be James King or maybe Josh Navidi's played a fair Navidi. bit of eight for Wales. Oh, God, uh, for Cardiff. Oh, that, that will be bad. stench coming off that, isn't there? Oh, yes. <laughs> Also, is, is it true that Falatau might be leaving Bath? Rumours, rumours, That rumors. is the rumour. The rumour is that Toulon want to buy him out of his contract at Bath. Um, but also, the Dragons want him. and Which now isn't as oh, silly now, as it used no. to be. But the Dragons what, what don't a, want him. What, what a decision to make. Newport, Mediterranean Coast, yeah. Newport, Mediterranean yeah. Coast. A tough one. Transport a bridge, beach. Transport a bridge, beach. What, what do you go for? It is a toughie. It is a toughie. But, I mean... But Wales caps. They haven't got a big Has he got Asda. Sixty caps yet. Probably they haven't got a big. They haven't got a big Asda in too long, though, have they? No, but they will have a big Carrefour, won't they? They probably will. Oh, yeah. what's it's the not... other one? What's the other one that I like that better than Carrefour? Leclerc. Ooh. That's a good no. one. He was an absolute never... shitbag, Leclerc. <laughs> he yes. was. A, he was a shitbag in that Henri Renault sort of way, where Henri Renault thought that like workers basically just should be worked to death. And never have any rights at all. <laughs> he was a bit like that, I think. I probably just completely besmirched an entirely, you know, decent man. But sorry, I'm going it. for it. Yeah. If he if he wants to sue, please sue you. <laughs> yes. Not me. If the estate of Mr. Leclerc wants to sue, yeah. Then... I have. Not. I mean, oh, he's dead. Fuck it. You can't defame the dead. <sighs> Can you not? No. Excellent media knowledge, Josh. Yeah. Tell what you do for a living. <laughs> right. So. 
What else have we got in the news? Last one from me. Ruin Ackerman is player of the month, which means that everything will now turn to shit for him. Yeah. Sorry, Gloucester sorry, fans. Gloucester. Yeah, you're fucked now. Hate to say it. You know what's coming. <laughs> You've been here before. God, you know what? Nothing gives me greater joy than seeing Gloucester keep winning all the time. There's it's something weird, wonderful as a rugby fan to see it happening. Because love, they've been them. so bad. I'm not a fan so of theirs. I'm not, I'm not a fan of anybody, really, no. because of my rugby league background. But yeah. I just love seeing Gloucester do well. It's just they're a proper club. And also, everything's just gone to shit so much for them over the last couple of years. All yeah. the time, over and over again. It's quite nice. It is. It's like nice. actually quite nice. Have you got any other news before we move on to what we No, learned? I think that is the news. Also, the one bit of news that's quite literally finished just about 10 minutes before we came on air is that Saracens are fucked. <laughs> oh, yeah. For those of you who haven't seen this, well, you will have seen it by the time you listen to this, but we came, we started recording about 8 o'clock. Yeah. And the game had just finished, and it's finished. Saracens 14, Claremont over 46. This is why you do not poke the Claremont bear. Do not fuck them about and make them have to get shirty in loads of public statements about how shit your council <laughs> I do, is. I do love how they've got like absolutely tamping with rage at a postponement yeah. of a game. It's like it seems like a really you know nobody's hurt the families or anything, but they, they do seem to no, have taken it very personally. They've taken it incredibly personally. They're really annoyed that like some of their fans have not been have had to sleep on floors and or have had to go home. Fair dude. Because which is, got work in the in, fucking morning and you've well, yeah yeah. Yeah, I mean, I that was know. originally supposed to be played in front behind closed doors, and I bet Harry's bet wish it had. Now, to be honest, was it not in the end? I've not. I've, I've no, not they it. let actual fans in to watch that shambles. <laughs> I do love that Claremont have just been throwing shade on Twitter at Saracens for the and, yeah, and all, all London day. local authorities all, day. all weekend. Becky Becky got in touch on Twitter at Blood and Mud and said the Claremont press releases are gold. Yes, they are. Great, this reminds me. You remember. It's a typical French-English thing as well, or British thing, because do you remember when the rail link had to be built from Paris and from London to the Channel Tunnel? Yes. HS1, was it, over here? The one that goes to yeah. the, all those ones in... St Pancras and yeah, Dover. Pancras and all that, yeah. Shit. yeah. Anyway, France had theirs done in about six months because the French state just goes out the fucking way. <laughs> Whereas it took us about 25 years because we were still like negotiating with the third... Kent Sawbottom Flower Ranging <laughs> yeah. Society for ages yeah. about about moving them out of half a field they've had since 1952 or something. <laughs> which is just this is what because if it was in France, they'd have just gone, everybody fucking move because the game's going on. Yes, yes, we will get a huge snowplow, we will get flamethrowers and melt it. We, we will don't literally care. walk people through your house if we have to yeah, get you. There. It's going, it's going ahead. So, yeah, uh, that, that's I mean, I'm sorry, it's funny. It's it really funny. Because it was actually a very a proper Saracens team as well. It is yeah, like... and they've pretty, got... You know, yeah, apart from, I mean, Vitoji's not there because of his busted jaw, but they've been battered. Yeah, I mean, they're missing Liam Williams, they're missing Mara Vitoji, but other than that, that's pretty much first choice. And the really fun part is that Owen Farrell was fucking dreadful again. He is... is... That's not fun. It's fun for me. <laughs> and it's also fun because before the Harlequins game last year... Uh, last week, rather, where they lost and he was terrible. Austin Healy said that Owen Farrell was the best fly-off in the world, which, A, doesn't play 10 at test level, so no. <laughs> and also, no. No, it's very true, actually. If you don't play 10 at yeah. test level, you can't really call that, can you? I didn't no. play at Lions either. 
very good player, but you yeah. can't. Yeah, it's a, it's uh, a brilliant player, fantastic player. I'm quite enjoying him being not robotically brilliant for the first time in about three years. I do like that as well. That Claremont of number six have got some kind of Roman centurion playing. Yes, his name is Judicale Cancorier, which is a fantastic <laughs> game. Fantastic game. I mean, the way that they played today, he might as well have been wearing an armor and hat, armor <laughs> and hat, well one of those big Roman shields, and probably did have a hundred people behind him because yes, judging it by the kind score. of felt. They were. It was a. It was. I haven't seen Saris get absolutely pasted like that. It's hard to remember when he actually did get long... pasted like that. No, well, it was probably remember that year that Claremont battered them last time, and then it like they came back. In, it? it probably was that. It was in the Heineken, Heineken Cup semi-final, wasn't it? Mm. At um, at Allianz Park, or at it might have actually been pre-Allianz Park. Yeah, yeah it's it probably been. it. It was probably at wherever the hell they used to play. I can't even remember now. A yeah, small patch so, of green in the middle of North London somewhere with 12 people watching. Basically, yeah. Now it's just a fancy one with an artificial pitch. So we learned that in the last couple of hours. Watching. Yes. We, we like well. laughing at Saracens getting battered. I do. And I do, I do. And, and I do love, you know, do you know what nemesis means? You know, you fuck with our <laughs> kickoff times. You will reap the vengeance. You will Indeed. reap the whirlwind. Yeah, right tasty, tasty thing for the uh, the rematch next week, though. Pick yourself up after that, yeah. after six days, lads. Lots to prove here, lads. Heads up. Oh, we yeah. go again, lads. <laughs> what did we learn oh, for yeah. the weekend, then? I learned that Mike Brown is not captaincy material. No. Unless, I mean, I kind of knew that, knew that anyway, but continue. But unless continue. Like, David Pace is your captain example yeah yeah i mean it's been a good week for captains leading from the front or a couple of weeks i should say in terms of just but he was just shitting the bed nobody who's that fuming all the time for no reason can be a good captain no because you can be an attack he's... dog you can be like an enforcer maybe but you mm. can't be a captain because you're just too angry yeah and you can't be an enforcer at a fullback he got done for it he got done for it well tell that to jpr williams but he told that um true he got done for a kind of seatbelt tackle he, he did. got done for numerous things. And then somebody kind of seatbelt tackled him and the ref didn't blow for it and then turned it into a choke tackle and held up. And so Ulster got the scrum. Mm-hmm. And this led to this little exchange, which is brilliant because of one Hugo Monnier's obvious incredible desire to somehow make it that everything's going wrong for the Harlequins. It's not their fault. And then, yeah. what, then what Andrew Cotter says at the end about him. Harlequins and the fans here have every right to feel a little bit um, ill-judged there. But anyway, we, we crack on his, his holster scrum. You see he's got a towel in the back of his shorts. It, I mean, it's so hard. I mean, he's got to try and keep his hands dry because he, I mean, it is snowing like anything today. But it's also raining Gilbert's as well, isn't it? It's going to be tested in the air of every high ball. I like his sad little footprints that have taken him back to the full back position. It's a lonely position. I mean, A, that's incredible. And God bless Andrew Cotter for that. Um, One of the things I learned this weekend, actually, is that snow rugby is shambolic, but it is quite fun. Yeah, I mean, that that Harlequins also game was ridiculous. Yeah, we don't see too many games with actual snow these days because of safety and all that. And it was quite fun to watch people slipping everywhere and balls sliding all over the turf and it going through Mike Brown's legs. And yeah, it it was just the the state of it. You know what I mean? I think with all the covered stadiums and everything, we all forget, don't we, that actually the weather is a huge part of the game. Yeah, I'm sure the players didn't enjoy it, but I found it very entertaining in a sort of slapstick Three Stooges kind of way. (laughs) 
What I learned is that referees, when not giving penalty tries, shouldn't, con- shouldn't consider what, how many players are covering across. They should consider who is covering across. Yes. In the La Rochelle game, Juan uh, de... Juan de... Krieger? No, Juan de Jong. Oh. oh, yeah. Did a deliberate knock-on yes. with two La Rochelle players outside, but covering across with two Wasps players. So the ref said, well, actually, it's not a penalty try. Because there were two people, but what he didn't realize, I didn't take into account that one of the people coming across was Christian Wade. Yeah, so it's I mean, like, that give is... it. He said, "Yeah, normally I wouldn't give it because there's two only people one coming guy. across." Yeah. But actually, that's Christian Wade, so there's no way you're fucking yeah. making that tackle. So <laughs> actually, yes, it's a penalty try, but they didn't. Yeah, no. Um, I would say that one of the other things I learned is that it was a very bad week for. English clubs. Yes, it was. It? A number of people have mentioned this on Twitter. Thank you very much for getting in touch. But yeah, that they didn't win at all. Never in the history of the Champions slash Heineken Cup group stages when they went to this six-team, um, six-game format, rather, have English teams been whitewashed. So that's a double reason for Saracens to fuck this up now because they were the last yeah, chance. They were the last best hope for uh, peace. Um, no. <laughs> but... Yeah, they've they've had one. I think it was in two thousand. This is Russ Petty. This isn't me. I think it's two thousand and three. I think they lost five, drew one. Hmm. But this is the first time they've lost all six games in a round, which is uh, yeah. They were just not very. They just weren't. They didn't look up to it. And conversely, yeah. the days of Irish teams looking fucking ominous in the Champions Cup is yes. well and truly back with a vengeance. Yeah, isn't Monster. It? Well, Leinster got. So monstered, it was just yeah. terrible. <laughs> yeah, Munster dismantled Leicester at home in a year on from nilling them at the same time, at the same oh, venue. yeah, of course that was last yeah. year, wasn't it? Yeah. Ulster bullied Quinns in the snow, and Leinster did that rare thing and went down Sandy Park and totally out-muscled. very, very, oh, very good. They just looked nasty. And if it wasn't for yet another round of inexplicable trembling rage inducing TMO fuckery that it could have been a a lot worse for Exeter as well. Don't you rob Devin Toner of his sitting (laughs) down backwards over the line Troy, god damn you. I know ridiculous. You see how Sally looked? He looked like a little baby. (sighs) He looked like uh, a provincial accountant who'd just been told that he's not getting his Christmas bonus this year. (laughs) Due to losing the local pharmacies (laughs) Yes. Yes. And yeah, and then and that that try that they scored was Lenser scored was absolutely fucking marvellous. And you're yes. going, isn't that wonderful? And then you go, oh, we just put that fucking square in the air. Yeah. And then we had to. And I'm sorry, but when you've got to look at a replay twelve times, there's nothing there enough to disallow a try. No. I keep going back to it. Winds me up. I know. I know. We we talked about fucking TMO bollocks too many times, but literally, I can solve ninety percent of TMO bollocks. With six words. Go. Make the ref make a decision. Yes. Easy. Then the TMO has just has to find compelling evidence that the original and decision was wrong. that's the operative word here, compelling. Yeah. So if there's, the ref gives it and there's no conclusive angle of the ball not being grounded, fuck it. He mm. gave the try. And yeah. there's no evidence that it wasn't a try, so it's a try. It all like, sounds too sensible. You want, yeah, you want to make the rules 40% simpler to understand, but just changing that, that simple thing, because like, basically that toner try was given because the ref asked the wrong question, which is try yes or no instead of is there any reason why I can't? Yeah, I don't spend oh. too much time on this because we've done it so often. 
I know, but, but it's it, just it, just do relentless. your fucking job. I'm so I, I, I say it so often. Just do your job, <laughs> please. Yeah. Do your job. Uh, we're outside of the weekend. I want to be in La Rochelle's gang. Yes, their gang looks like the best gang ever to be in. They are legit. Yeah, aren't and they? it's just fifteen. Men. They're they're basically what the Hagawara should be. Mm. Just this fifteen man, brilliant offloading, physical as well when they need to be. Yeah, they're a proper team. Proper, they're top of the top fourteen team. as well. Amazing. They are like everyone's and, talking and they're only, about. They're only two years up from. Yeah, was it? Was, you have to set the French accent to make it funny. They're, they're only two years up from Pro de Deux. Yeah, and they are. I mean, they've got very good players. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yes. But they're not got like they're not a team stacked with household names. No, and they've not they've, just... not they've not emptied the uh, you know the Scrooge McDuck vault, have they, to go and get no. a load of people out of them? I mean, they've got some decent players, but they haven't. They're not yeah. on and they are getting some. Long. They're getting that the TJ Perinara is coming in a couple of weeks. That's not and, bad, is it? Yeah, it's not bad signing, is it? But to replace Ricky January from last season, there's a contrast. <laughs> That's just, yeah, there's, all things are relative. Right? That was a good sign anyway, but relative to Ricky yeah, January. Rel- uh... Relatively, yeah. But, but what kind yeah, of show everyone's... are they running when Brock James and Ryan Lamb look fucking brilliant? I know, it's bizarre, isn't it? Brock James looks like George Clooney now. He's kind of my he, hero. He does. I mean, and he is still, still, he is the last dying. <laughs> yes, he is I know the, what you're going to say, yeah. It, you know, he is, in terms of playing... Players playing with gloves. He is that sole fucking Japanese guy on an island yeah. still thinking it's World he's War like, II. He's like the 60-year-old bloke who's still got the mod feather cut and Parker. <laughs> and he's not letting it go. Yes, yeah. Even though that mod feather cut is getting <laughs> higher and higher and yes. higher every year. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, you know, three games, three bonus point wins, including winning away at Quinns and battering Ulster. And They've Washington got a maximum 15 points, haven't they, from three yeah, games? They, they, look at, everyone's talking about Leinster and Claremont and Munster, but I tell you what, fucking La Rochelle, they, are, they mean business. But uh, another thing about La Rochelle as well, which I love, is the fact that their, their stadium is called the Stade Marcel de Flandre. Uh-huh, I like it already. Yeah, of course. And Marcel de Flandre was president of the club, and he was executed in 1944 by the Nazis because he was a member ah. of the local, a leader in the local resistance fighting. Well, fair play. So they named the ground after him. And one, that's wonderful to have such history in your ground. And also, it, it's 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 even better when, or even worse, depends where you look at it, really, when you draw it against who they were playing against. So what's your ground yes. named after La Rochelle? Oh, well, a legend of the club president who fought against the Nazis and was... Uh, Executed doing that fight, and, and if you don't mind me asking, what's your ground named after? Um, a photocopying company, <laughs> and it was called that before we were even there, by the <laughs> yeah, way. Yes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> originally named for when they sponsored the football team that now barely exists. Yes, yeah, so that just uh, made me that's what I learned. Yes, I, I like funny. football, football uh, rugby grounds that are named for something better than a sponsor, but As that's probably I. the truth, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, things I learned: Northampton Saints are bad. <laughs> and once again, Jim Mallinder was a very disappointed. <laughs> I'm very, very, very disappointed. Disappointed? You're gonna be more than fucking disappointed, mate. No, like honestly, they okay. They nearly pulled themselves out of a thirty-point hole thanks to the Ospreys basically getting the beers in on sixty minutes. But seriously, well, and to the Ospreys being the Ospreys, I mean, really, how are they well, even yeah. in that position to start with? They conceded forty-three points and five tries to the Ospreys at home. The Ospreys. <laughs> Do you know how many tries we've scored in the league this season? Go on. 
15 in 10 games. <laughs> like, how many, was... how many did you score against Northampton again? Five. <laughs> That's great. It's incredible. I mean, it's, they were like, it was weird. I, I, funny enough, uh, getting, getting ahead of a little bit, but um, Adam Reese, friend of the pod, got in touch before the pod started for his shit good. And his, his good was the highlights of Osprey Saints. Hmm. Shit was watching the actual game in real time, and he's right there. <laughs> the highlights, fucking brilliant. Some fantastic tries scored by both sides. The rest of the game was terrible because both teams are quite shit. But I mean, the the, the Challenge Cup this weekend. Did they even have defence coaches? Any of these people? I don't think so. Newcastle no. Bordeaux was mental. Yeah, and was almost palindromic, but for one score, <laughs> but for one point. Oh, I love a palindromic Cardiff score. couldn't even score. Yes. Zebra Gloucester was 26-33. Had a tenner on Zebra to win. Oh, Things that frustrate me about that, I think that amused me about that Cardiff game was um, a news report that I only saw this morning as I was looking through the news from uh, Friday, which was Danny Wilson quietly confident ahead of trip to sale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. I know you're out at the end of yeah. the season, but... 70 yeah. points, Edinburgh, London, Irish. 50 of them yeah, to Edinburgh, of course, obviously. Of course there are, yeah. Uh, Breve and Connacht was 31-38. Yeah, it's basically turned into super rugby, isn't it? Stone no France say 39, Krasny are 24. It's mental. Rugby makes no sense. And then the Dragons and NSA was like a really boring 50-0. Absolutely insane. Right, so what else did I learn from the weekend? I know I found myself watching the rugby, and I realised because I, I, you know sometimes you catch on what you're saying because you say words out loud without thinking about it. Yes, yeah. And I realised that I can probably watch, and maybe some of you out there can relate to this. I can watch an entire game of rugby and comment on it using only body parts and geometry terms. Yeah. So you can do things like feet, hands, 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 hands eyes, yeah. eyes, head, head. <laughs> yeah. Feet. Line, angle, corner, corner. <laughs> I could do an entire game like that. So actually, if you want a bluffer's guide, to, yeah. to just just give someone a just list of like what? Parts. Yeah. Body parts of, yeah. and geometry. Feet. It's all you need. Feet. Yeah, feet. feet ref. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Went to somebody attack. Legs, legs. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's, it's and also just like, and also directions. So like straight <laughs> through the middle. Yeah. Wide. So, so if you just if you just do that, the glossary about seventeen terms, I reckon. Yeah, you just need none that. of which are a sentence. Yeah, and then yeah. just do that, and then probably every eighth word, just say. Why would you do that? And then basically, <laughs> you, you, you're probably on on track, aren't you? Because somebody have done well, something stupid. You've, well, so you've got you've got a job commentating for BBC Wales. Go on, what else did you learn? I learned that Glasgow are just really confusing. Um, I don't think it's that confusing. I think Europe is a big deal, and I, think... I know I know the level's higher, but like they played three, lost three. Their cups are basically over for another year already. And you look at how many, how much talent that Glasgow team has got they've everywhere. All, they've all been fairly tight, though, haven't they? In their yeah. defence, they could have they could have gone either. And it's a hell of a group they've had. It has. I mean, it is. It is. It doesn't. Let me put it this way. It's pretty really weird. It wouldn't have surprised me if they got through, but it also doesn't surprise me that this has happened to them. 
Yeah, I guess that's kind of where I'm getting at. Like, yeah. I kind of expected them to kick on a little bit this year, but they've just kind of reverted to not being very good in Europe again. <laughs> I, d- I think it's not... I think you've been a bit unfair. I don't think they've not been very good. They just haven't managed to eke cr- out wins against some pretty powerhouse teams. And I think True. they'll be better next season. Yeah, but I kind of thought that last season when it was basically exactly the same. Right, well, okay. Had, well, one of us. That's is what right. I'm saying. Like last last year, I thought, oh, they had a hard group, but they competed very well. They won away at Racing. They didn't quite get to where they wanted to be, but they can kick on this year. They've got a better squad. They're playing better. They've got a better coach. It's like, yeah, and uh, no, it's frustrating because I want Glasgow to be good because well, they play some yeah, bloody too, incredible yeah. rugby. And I think they have been anyway. Sorry, Glasgow. They haven't, fans, been, they haven't been bad, but it's like you got to win your home games. A team like Glasgow should be beating a team like Montpellier at home, I think. Oh, Even though they're fucking hard, horrible bastards. They are, and it was a Verne team rolling into town. That is true, actually, yeah. He's got, he knows how to beat his old people, doesn't he? He does, yeah. So sorry, Glasgow fans, but if you need cheering yeah. up... That's why they lost, because Vern knows the city like a lover. He does, yeah. Good or bad, it's hard to find another that I've something. It's yeah. no mean town and no mean city, obviously. Uh, right, what else did we learn, or I learned this weekend? Um, I um, learned that Toulon are a shambles, <laughs> but in quite a good way. Did you? So many people suggested this on Twitter. Oh, and I just had to. Did you see the Ashton kick? Oh, I love that he could laugh about it at the end of I the did, game. Because what else could like... you do? Seriously, what else could you do? Yeah, I mean, nobody's talking about the fact that it was a fucking brain dead decision for the winger to take a quick line out there anyway. Yes. and he was basically just being handled a massive plate of shit, and then just <laughs> it's dropping the fact it on that his he own fell shoes. over afterwards. Yeah, kick himself on him, and it's the fact that he then just went flat on his face. He basically tripped himself up. An entirely different kind of ash splash. It's exactly basically what, and you discussed this on the pod before, where you miss a tackle and then you feign being injured (laughs) because you want to make out like, oh, you've pulled a hammy or something and not just that you fucked up royally. And it was kind of a really sort of pure version of that. I'm just going to fall over now. That happened to me once. I was playing. Well, we playing. I was playing Barry or something, and I, I'd, I'd been moved to number eight for some reason. I had fuck all. Didn't know what I was doing. I, I was only finished playing rugby league about three years. Early. I had no fucking idea how to play number eight. Anyway, we were camped in our corner in the shit, and we had to get out of there. And the ball came to me, and I thought I'm gonna have to kick this out, and it was on my left foot. And I went to kick it. I properly like shinned it, and it, it just about went out. But it was the worst kick ever. And that was like. But I'm not a professional rugby player. No. Chris, I mean, Chris Ashton's kicking game isn't great, but it's better than that. It is better than that. But, like, when you think about Toulon over the last, like, five, ten years, they've either been quite shit, but sort of, like, hard, hmm. or they've been this sort of relentlessly efficient rugby terminator. But now they're just quite fun. Like, they're yeah, not I'm starting very, to kind of like in... them again. Because, you know, you're not, I don't yeah. think they're going to win anything majorly. So no. Like, you can't, and there's they sort not, there's nothing in a... sort of inevitable about the relentlessness of it, is there? No, so they kind of just they go, they flit in and out of games. And when they're in it, they're actually really good to watch. And when they're out of it, they're just a bit of a farce. It must be the best contract to get in the world, mustn't it? Oh, God, yeah. You know, you get paid a fortune. You get to go and live down there. And you can just, like, knob around, it seems, most yeah, of the time. Yeah, can you imagine how much fun Taolupe would have <laughs> in that team? Oh, can you imagine, just basically imagine the emotion Carl and Globe... <laughs> Yeah, Harlem Globetrottering it 24-7 while looking completely disinterested. <laughs> utterly, utterly bored. Yeah. yeah. Virgin on pissed off. 
Right, what else did I learn for the weekend? I'll cover what else did I learned. Uh, no brew, no clue is now gone thing. super turbo. Did oh, you see yeah. his handoff and he offload? Was incredible. He just ran straight at him and just held him off, like like by his face. It was amazing. <laughs> like it's it's almost like when everyone like every one of those like joking Alid Brew for Wales jokes that people make on Twitter. <laughs> yes. It's almost like he takes every single one of those as genuine encouragement and fuel to get better because like he's weird. It's, it's, he's like a sort of reverse Jesus in that his life started at 33. <laughs> he's been Gandhi. Now he's a reverse Jesus. This is, is that amazing. Even, is he even 33? Let's find out. I think he is somewhere. He's yeah. 31. Oh, there's oh. my fucking joke ruined. Damn. Prick. <laughs> we don't like you anymore. No. Did you learn anything um, else? Or are we done? My final thing that I learned this weekend, and this amused me immensely more than it should have. Um, I learned that Joe Marler doesn't know his left from right or can't match colours. Okay, I didn't see this. Because, um, have you noticed that the Quinn's home kit this year has gone the unusual step of having quartered shorts to go with the quartered shirt? Oh, yeah. And... You may not have noticed that they've also got socks that coordinate with whatever leg of the ah. thing that you're... And Joe Marler on the weekend uh, did nay manage to match up the colour of his short with the colour of his sock and or just didn't think about it. And as soon as I saw it, it just amused me greatly. <laughs> I think you're knowing him, though. He's done it on purpose, I think, to wind somebody up. Probably, yeah. That is the end of what we learned. Yes. Just a quick aside... David Hornsby on Twitter got in touch and said that he was genuinely astonished that we've made it to December the 10th and that Blood and Mud have not yet made a Sean Holly Christmas song special a thing yet. Oh, oh. Oh, well. Sounds like a gauntlet for yeah. being thrown down. Well, we haven't made it a thing this week, but we will be doing it next week in our last oh, yes. pod before Christmas. And there's already oh, been yes. quite a few quite top quality nominations. I mean, yeah, basically, when you suggested it to me, I then spent the next... 45 minutes to an hour just sending you them yeah my for... dm was going on i was in a meeting and my dm <laughs> kept going off all the time and all it was was christmas nominations from josh so it's something to look forward to next week yeah i mean i've already got 14 i just can't <laughs> so, yeah and you never know maybe a special guest might send one in of himself oh, singing oh, one you never know oh, do you? oh that would be the dream that is the dream well, are we are we gonna call it a holly jolly christmas well, I mean, it sounds like a, it, it's definitely a TV special type thing. Yes. It? And it can't yeah. be any worse than that fucking Michael Ball and that twat from Blackpool who sings opera. Being on exactly. Well, together. Sean Harley can't be more than less than 12 months away from getting a fucking S4C Christmas variety special. <laughs> Is he well speaking, Sean? Probably. <laughs> Even if <laughs> details, not, I imagine details. that's just there. Yeah, don't worry about it. Right. I'm not sweating the small stuff. Anyway, yes. Cuthbert Police on Cup. Oh. The shit watch. Hopes. We, we had, had great hopes. And Worcester snuffed out our hopes with a display a convincing of win. uncommon competency. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Which is yeah. completely out of order, Worcester. Yeah, yeah. so Oyanar lost 35-14 to Worcester, um, keeping the CPC for another week. But the dream is not over. Yeah, but, but, yes. The return, that was at six ways. The return leg in Oyanar is next week. And... Honestly, if they're ever going to get rid of this fucking thing, it's going to be now. It's got to be, and or they'll just beat Claremont in like a couple of weeks, and it'll be ridiculous <laughs> because be this is French rugby. And it's absurd. 
But um, yeah, so next week is the big one. It is the clash we've all been waiting for. Yeah, I've never been so excited since Bath played Cardiff that time. Yes, yes. It feels like it needs to spend a bit more time in the Prem. It's had like a month or two in the top four team now. It's had a week in the Premiership. It's ridiculous, so it needs to go. Yeah, and I feel like Worcester can keep it in the Premiership for a very long time. However, Oyenar are unspeakably shit. Oh, they are fucking dog shit mind, aren't they? So, you know, we've just got to hope that the, 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 the CPC god comes down and works in mysterious ways next week. Just, let's just see if... if... Buster fancy it. That's because the thing, I isn't it? Might not feel be like they can't be bothered. It's, who cares about the Challenge Cup, really? Okay, so that was a quick update. Again, anybody who's new or can't remember what the fucking hell this is all about, you can oh, now yes. go to bloodandmud.com slash CPC and find out all about it. We won't take up any more of your time explaining it here. No. Um, we will be back after this short little break to talk about a little bit of Johnny May in North Korea and do the shit good ratings. Yes. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. So, yeah. this week, oh well, actually it's been running on for a number of months. Mm. Johnny this May is, and Ben Teo. just proved that Johnny May have shirked their responsibility. Well, yeah, because Johnny May and continue. Ben Teo back in February said, yeah. and we don't know if they're serious or not, said they wanted to go to North Korea and get over there and sort it out before it, get, yeah. it gets really bad. Yeah. Basically, they'd watched a documentary. Apparently, Johnny May is a bit weird. Yes. That's the... Beth, wasn't, didn't uh, George Ford say that basically he threw him out of his house in Leicester after a week because he's just <laughs> too fucking odd? The inexplicable Which, chopsticks is literally yeah. inexplicable. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so Ben Taylor and Johnny Way are watching this. I'm amazed we didn't cover this at the time. I know, yeah. It was good. Somehow it went under our radar. I don't know why. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so they were watching this North Korea documentary and they mentioned it in an interview and then they were like, yeah, we'll get over there and sort this shit out. Well, shirkers, yeah. they have both had official invitations from the North Korean embassy to not only come to the North Korean embassy in London, but to go to Korea on an official visit and sort that shit out. Yeah. But no... They want to stay here and play professional rugby. I think North Korea is probably the only place on earth that has worse haircuts than Exeter. <laughs> that is true. Maybe that's what's putting them off. Maybe. maybe. Or maybe maybe Ben Teo's just trying to, like, doesn't want to accidentally tie himself to yet another country that he could play for <laughs> the test level. Don't take Denny Solomona with you, whatever you do. <laughs> yeah, so... Yes, yeah, so anyway, so we thought, so they've turned down this invitation, but the idea yeah. of, of Johnny May and Ben Teo going over to, to solve an international diplomatic crisis got us to thinking what other rugby players could go and solve historical international diplomatic, ta- yeah. political tactics. Or, 
or indeed just current ones. Or current ones, any ones, yeah. really. Yeah. Any ones. So, I, I mean, my first one, it wasn't even a diplomatic dispute, but I just thought, Mike Phillips, mm. Big Gav. Yeah, already I'm interested. Yeah. I think that they are the two cool-headed, reasonable gentlemen who need to be in Cardiff every Saturday night sorting out trouble. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Looking after the taxi queue on St. Exactly. Mary Street. And, and sort of making sure that all the bouncers are sort of, you know, they're not being harassed too much or anything like that. You know, just everyone has a nice, quiet, fun night and everyone goes home happy. Yeah, because nobody would want to take them on and have a massive fight with them, no, would they? All these no, drunken, muscly lads from who've got no, the train down from no. the valleys would definitely not want to no. have a massive scrap with them. Oh, 100% not. I've got, uh, I reckon Andy Powell could have been sent to deal with the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yes. Because he wanted yeah. to start World War Three over not having a train seat. So can you imagine... <laughs> this is very true. If yeah. he'd say, missiles on Cuba, you say, fuck it, let's have a World War Three. Yeah. Uh, I think that Carl Sinclair and Joe Mahler are ideally placed to sort out the Israeli-Palestine conflict. <laughs> they seem really level-headed, sort of reasonable gentlemen. Like, bring Mike Brown as well, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Netanyahu, who took the fucking jam out of your donut? As, he, as Marler famously said to Cammy Black on Twitter once from the Scottish rugby blog. I mean, fair play, that is a good line. Yeah. Uh, Rob Andrew could have been sent to deal with the Sudetenland. Yes, that would crisis have been Crisis in the Second World yeah. War. Imagine, yeah. can't you? I have in my hand a piece of paper. It says that it is nothing to do with me, and I will... <laughs> Definitely not my fault. And I will be promoted to king when this all goes wrong. <laughs> um, I think we should send Trevor Brennan to sort out the Catalan. <laughs> Already, the current, I'm interested. Yeah, <laughs> the current Catalan dispute, because I mean he's vaguely local, and yeah, and let's be honest, what dispute can't be dealt with by having loads of chinning? Yeah, just dishing out chinning let's left, right, and centre. Let's see what happens. Here's my final one. I think Roman Poit and John Lacey should be EU lead Brexit negotiators. Yes. So when I the like Britons that. go over there, Roman yeah. could basically ask for an opinion of the bloke operating the CCTV in the building every single mm-hmm. time a decision is made or needs to be made, then change his mind three times, which will baffle the English negotiators. Lacey would be his sidekick and simply stand there looking like he'd wandered into the wrong room and has no yeah. idea how to extricate himself from this nightmare. And yep. simply just shouting, no, seven, every time David Davis goes <laughs> to pick up a glass of water. <laughs> so, baffled like look, that. no, yeah. seven. Yeah. I mean, the UK the UK agrees it absolutely everything and anything I mean, by the really, end of that. It couldn't be going much worse, so why not give it a try? Well, you know, I'm not here to comment on that because I don't do politics, Josh. This is, this is a new <laughs> me. No, of course not. But, yeah, I do think that that could be the way forward. So that's if there's any of you out there got some ideas of rugby players that could be set to deal with diplomacy and yeah, or difficult situations. Maybe you think that Callum Clark is the ideal person to go and sort out the series crisis. You know, it's like <laughs> yes, there's nothing a good arm bar can't solve. <laughs> uh, uh. Shall we finish as we always do on the shit good rating? Yes. Shall we start with good? Because that's what I've got written down first. Go. Yes. I like it. Uh, good then. Um, Alvaretti Racker, the Claremont winger, who uh, you won't have seen this yet, but holy shit, he scored one of the tries of the season. Well, he didn't score one of the tries of the season. He set up one of the tries of the season. I noticed with... he did score three tries as well. He did score three tries as well. And he also had one of the best breaks you've ever seen. 
where he basically lined up the entire Saracens team and then just ran past them all and then did a lovely little offload to the try. Is, um, is he a Fijian, Mr. Rack? I would imagine so, yes. He's, uh, he's a big lad. He's a very big lad. <laughs> oh, but yes. he's quick. Yeah. I mean, you might you might have you might have seen this movie before. He's a big lad, but he's <laughs> quick, quick and dancing. And he's got feet, a yes. lovely step on him, <laughs> yeah, exactly. so uh, and can and offload out of his ass. Offload out of his ass, yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he was brilliant. As was uh, my favourite man on planet Earth, Wesley Fafana, who was oh, just beautiful, majestic. So good to have him back more than anything else. It's, it's it's offensive to me. It's genuinely offensive to me that Gino Vez has ever played him out of position, because he is literally yeah. Because wasn't he stuck? Just, on, was it no? It wasn't. No, he was on the fucking wing. wing. But was was that Nov's first squad? I think, or was that the? Yeah, yeah. yeah. he was playing on the fucking wing. It's obscene. It's actually obscene. <laughs> he is like the most beautiful twelve to watch in the world, probably. Yes. The man glides, and to shunt him out on the wing. Oh. It's genuinely offensive. Not as beautiful like, as well, Brad that, Barrett, obviously, but obviously not. It's like you remember that woman who like like touched up that portrait of Christ in Spain and did a shit job. <laughs> That's basically the equivalent <laughs> of playing Wesley Fafana on the wing. When he made it look like a terrible tea towel, yeah. Exactly that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is what Guinoves did by putting Wesley Fafana on the wing. Speaking of Fijian lads who are quite big and know what they're doing, Levani Bottia, yes, who played number seven for La Rochelle at mm. the weekend, was obscenely good yes. and also you know in his spare time plays international rugby at 12 and why not <laughs> you know because Fiji he's what Justin Tipperick wishes he was yeah. seven for your club <laughs> he's basically the he's, he's, and he's also shown Sam Burgess how it's done indeed yeah but yeah, he was he was just so. I mean, Larishel were brilliant. I mean, they are, I just want to be in their gang. I'm telling you. Yeah, they 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 are brilliant. He was Larishel are like the new hipster rugby club of choice. Surely. Speaking of that, also good was Uni Antonio's offload. Antonio. Yes. Everyone calls him Antonio. It's actually Antonio, but he's yeah. his offload because he did that brilliant round the head offload when he's and he's, he's isn't he 24 stone or something, something ridiculous something like, like that? that. But I yeah. think really. He, the reason why he can do all his offloading is because he doesn't have to push in the scrum. No. He just bends over and sets he his feet. He doesn't have to there. do anything else. No, he just doesn't move and waits for the other side to <laughs> win the penalty. Just, just, it's like trying to push a boulder up a hill or something. It's yeah, just a, he's, cons- he's conserving energy. It's a sensible move. He's like a he sort could... of reverse sword in the stone. You can't push him <laughs> off, off something rather than pulling something out. Yeah, he's basically a labour of Hercules. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. In human form. <laughs> Um, equally, actually, for doing one thing very nicely, uh, Finn Russell's sumptuous round-the-back offload to put George Turner in for their second try on the Didn't weekend. Didn't see the Glasgow was, game. So. Oh, it was a lovely little round-the-back and change-the-angle-of-attack thing. Uh, beautiful, lovely stuff. Good, good, good. Uh, I've already mentioned Claremont taking the piss out of London's local <laughs> authorities. Um, oh, yes. My, a number of people mentioned this. I'm sorry... I haven't got names, but loads of people mentioned this. Mike Brown, Mike, we've already mentioned Mike Brown, but specifically Mike Brown getting nutmegged. <laughs> I can't tell you how delighted that made me. Mike it, Brown really... seems like a guy in a nightclub who's taken about two grams of cocaine and then yeah. done loads of. He's like chewing through his own cheek <laughs> and is a total arsehole to everyone who comes near him. Yeah, he's the sort of person that if you were at a house party, 
he'd had done a load of fucking pills. <laughs> yeah, he'd had double dropped at turned, five o'clock yeah, before he came. <laughs> yeah, turned up two hours late and then corners you in the kitchen and wants to talk to you about conspiracy theories. <laughs> yeah, before kicking the shit out of the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Then, yeah, he wants to, he wants to go for a shit because he's done two, and then someone's in there, so he just kicks the bathroom in and then gets really arsy. And ruins the get, mood for everyone. Yeah, and just ruins the party, and then the music goes off and we all go home. Right, what have we got Yeah, here? so what we're saying is we really want to hang out with Mike Brown. Yeah, what have you, uh, have you got anything else that's good before I go to Twitter? Uh, yes, plenty. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> Even in a losing cause, actually, um, and certainly not defensively, it must be said, but Harry Malinder, at fullback, like, he looks fucking good. It's... As an attacking force. Mm. Like, his passing, his tactical kicking, his excellence, like, he can, he's absolutely fucking rapid. And I mean, he he is a absolute bell end as well, but that's not necessarily a bad. You know, it's good to have a bit about it's, you. It's hard to know what his best position is going to be long term. I think it's fifth. Like I've seen him play ten, twelve. Seen, he's not a ten, I don't think. No, I don't think he's a ten. I think he's a twelve or a fifteen. I yeah, I've seen him ten, twelve, and fifteen now, and fifteen looks like his best position for me because he just gets his hand on the ball with space to run into more often. And he's so fucking dangerous when he does because he's so quick. And he's kind of got that fucking annoying Bowden Barrettness about him mm. where he's kind of quick without really ever looking it until you're looking at a pair of heels sort of thing. Mm. But yeah, defensively, shambles. His dad must be fuming. <laughs> Well, his dad. No, is, no, he doesn't get very, fuming. He just his gets, dad's very disappointed. <laughs> very, very disappointed. Yeah, um, Tom Dare got in touch, and this I do like. He said, "Good." He, uh, he got in touch at Blood and Mud, and he said, "Good is the most fascinating rugby battle of the season. Leicester and Northampton both fighting tooth and nail to be the shittest club in the Midlands." It's Northampton. It it's is Northampton. It is it's not, not a fight. Leicester are a bit up and down, but Northampton are bobbins. <laughs> Terrible again. Five tries it's even been office. suggested by some people on Twitter that the giant coat of befuddlement has transferred <laughs> from Mr. Humphreys across to Mr. Mallon because he was wearing a very big coat. Have you seen my big coat? He said, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that was an on-spec impression, that sto- was. Yeah, can we have story time with Jim Mallon? I think like the Hovis music or something. Yeah. And then we went down to the training ground yeah. and... Yeah, so we um, have Jim Malinder's Christmas next week. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be poor, wouldn't he? He'd be a poor, destitute Yorkshireman at Christmas with a flat cap. He, he might be fucking that. Although apparently, none of it's his fault. It's Dorian West's fault, according to all reports. So really, yeah, what? according to all how, reports, how is Dorian West fucking everything in the club that he's director of rugby at? Yeah, uh, no, that's the, that's the thing. But apparently, he is pretty terrible, Dorian West. I'm, I'm like informed. A, well, yeah. <laughs> Oh, fair yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. I'm just, yeah. What else have we got that's good? Uh, I have uh, Jack Conan. Yes. Like we've said about Ireland's back row, which is on many occasions, but fuck me, as one of the guys who's on the fringes, like, God, he's good. Like, he'd be starting for anybody else. He's, like, big. He makes tackles for fun. He's got pace. He can score a try or two. He made 18 carries in that win over Exeter, and he was still fucking going. Yeah, he's a he's a fabulous player. Yeah, and and he's like what fourth or fifth choice for Ireland something or something like, like that. that. Ridiculous, isn't he? It's obscene. He'd have played for England in the autumn. Yeah, hundred percent. Played for Wales when as well. Hughes was uh, injured, particularly. Yeah. Um, 
what else have we got that's good? Uh, Bruce McConaughey got in touch again at Blood and Wood, and he said, stick this in your good pile this week. Edinburgh ripping it up in the Challenge Cup, unbeaten, 55 points more than the next nearest, and 160 points scored in three games. Plus Darcy, that Darcy Graham, try, he says, plus that Darcy Graham try on debut. I haven't seen it. I'll take your word for that. Yeah. But um, the, yeah, I'm with you, Bruce, but it is the Challenge Cup. Do you know what I mean? Calm down. Also, Bruce, as an Ospreys fan, I will caution you to getting too excited of your season by having a dominant Champions uh, Challenge Cup group stage as the Ospreys managed to get the first ever 100%. Yeah, that's true. Last year, wasn't it? 100% wins, 100% bonus points. Nailed on to win the fucker, lost in the quarterfinal. So, once, yeah. You don't want to put to, remember, just, remember what not winning the final did to Billy 12 Trees last year. So don't, exactly, don't, don't base exactly. your happiness on this. No. It's not worth it. It's just not. It's only the Challenge Cup. Have you got any more good before we move on to Shiite? Uh, quickly, Dan Evans. Uh, very good again, as always, for the Ospreys. Uh, probably best fullback I saw this weekend. Um, Steph Evans is a magician again. Yeah, that Come game on. was... Oh, to be fair, to be fair shit. to Treviso, they were fucking mugged. Oh, they were mugged. really good. They yeah. were mugged. Not yeah. sending off, man. Yeah. So imagine... Well, you never know, I do they're you? They're done with 15, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I love the step. When he does stuff like he did on the weekends, it's kind of like fucking frustrating because he was so shit for Wales. But I think it's and... also a positive in that he's not gone back to a, he's not gone back to Scarlet's thinking, oh God, I'm shit and I'm no good at anything. I had a terrible autumn. He's just gone back to being what he is, isn't he? He's not. He's obviously not dwelling on it. And that's a good thing in a way. But I sort of look at it like, oh, don't just go back to the Scarlet's to your level, and just go, oh, well, I'm fucking brilliant here. So. I don't. I'm not going to bother to work on all of the things that I need to work on to be a fucking good international winger because Wales need all of the things that he can do that nobody else can, but he needs to and and some you can tackle preferably. Yeah, well, he needs to fucking work on his defence and he needs to get a bit quicker and maybe you know trim down a little bit. I don't know. It's it's whatever he needs to do. He needs to do it, and he needs to be able to do the wonderful stuff that he did on Saturday at Test level without making a dick of himself. So, yeah. But he was very good. He, and he that, was very, very basically, good. Basically, Scarlett just needed a couple of moments of magic to win the game. And they yeah. can do and that, can't they? provided so. basically all of them. So, yeah. Um, and the other one, uh, our man who has a go at us about pronouncing South African names is going to lose his shit here. But Chris... <laughs> Chris Clo, Cloetti? Cloet? Cl- Cloete? Cloetti. I'm going for Cloetti? There we go. Anyway, Munster's... Uh, Chris Clearty. Chris Where Clearty. are my fucking fish fingers? <laughs> is that how you get into character? It is, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so Monster's new South African po- uh, pocket rocket. Uh, fuck me, his work rate on Saturday was incredible. Like, he bossed the breakdown, um, absolutely smashed everything that went anywhere near him. They know how to pick up an unheralded Safa back rower in Limerick, don't they? They do, don't they? Yeah. Do you think it's like, do you think they like, like radio adverts over there? Not feeling wanted Almost. by your province? <laughs> Come, Come to, to the beautiful Atlantic Emerald coast of Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's almost some, re- there's like, there's some really cliche, like vaguely offensive sort of stereotypical thing of like music and Yeah, leopard. there'll be some ill and pipes going shit. on in the background. Yeah. And all that. And then, and then they get there and it's like, oh, it's basically the same, but it's colder. That reminds me when I worked for uh, the county that Rill is in. Mm. And they had a problem recruiting some uh, social workers, and they went to Canada to find some social workers. 
and they recruited a number of social workers who came over and were very disappointed when they came over because they'd been sold that Rill was a fishing village. Oh, Jesus. And if never, I, I mean, I'm, if you've ever been to Rill, it really Rill is, is many well, things. Well, it it's could be a fishing, fishing village if your definition of a fishing village is a load of, like, knackered old Victorian buildings full of heroin addicts. <laughs> I mean, it's certainly a type of fishing. It, it is, but, in a way, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hey, it's got Seaquarium. What more do you want? Hey, I've got a lot of time for Rill, but it's not a spit. It's not, I think they've had a fucking shit time of it in the past few years, but there's, there's, uh, yeah, it's not a fishing village. No. At Rill's all. the only place where, it's only seaside town where you can't see the sea because they built a big <clears> plastic <throat> children's village in front of it at the bottom <laughs> yes. of the high street. Unbelievable. I mean, it is a great idea, though. So. Yeah, and then none of the none of the like stores on there were ever taken up by anybody. It's just this big thing that's blocked that's blocked the sea. <laughs> it's one selling point was blocked out by a load of ill thought out buildings. Anyway, yeah. well, <laughs> yeah, it's almost as good as Aberavon putting an empty cinema on their, their seafront so that nobody can see it. Which was, uh... <laughs> it's just brilliant, isn't it? Yes. Apparently, the real things. It, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll finish this soon. But the real things even better because they got some money from the European government to build a boulevard. <laughs> And then basically, like a, like a thing, and they used it instead to build this children's village. Then the European guys turned up and said, um, where's the boulevard? And they said, yeah. well, we built this instead. He said, oh, that's nice. Did you really give us our fucking money back? Yeah. Uh, that, that is by no measure a fucking boulevard. <laughs> yes. Or probably un fucking boulevard, given they were from the EU. Anyway, yeah, so there you go. Yes. Welsh local government there, everyone, which you always yes. tune in for. Oh, yes. Let's move on. Speaking of that, let's move on to shit. Yes. Um, what have I got Speaking for shit? Of, yeah. Joe Launchbury's back chat in the mm. La Rochelle game. Now, he's the captain. He can speak to the ref. However, as captain, you've still got... And actually, to be fair, Tom Parkin got in touch on Twitter as well and said a big shout for shit good this week. Shit is the refs having to respond to back chat. It's happening more and more, and they don't do anything about it. And yeah. do you know what, Tom? I agree with you. And my view, Josh, I'll be honest, is that I think we're already too late on this. I'm fully... The, the, that horse is fucking We've gone. We've lost it I, already because nobody's yeah. doing anything about it. I mean, Launchbury was, was in part particularly, particularly bad, especially after the yellow card incident with yeah. Young. He was awful. Even as and, captain, it was out of order. And that's the thing. It's like, it's too... A sport becomes more professional. Like, you can't... Like... You've got to clamp down on that shit at minute one. Hmm. And it was kind of allowed to fester and grow a little bit in this generation of players who've kind of grown up with football and with all of that sort of stuff. And it it's just become a thing now, isn't it? People fucking pillory certain players like fucking Dan Bigger for constantly yapping at the ref. But it is a rugby-wide problem because you hear it at every fucking breakdown. You do. Like you, that ref, Mike, will pick up at least two or three players shouting at the ref at every fucking breakdown. I don't want to get the TMO, but that's not helped because it gives them something to to ask about. But yeah. also, I mean, it's understandable in the middle of a game that you can sometimes go off oh, a fuck's sake sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but actually, that's understandable. What's not understandable is not saying don't do that again. That's yeah, well, that's, you can go for fuck's sake. Then yeah. you go. That'll be ten meters then. <laughs> Why the fuck do they not use that more? Nobody it's gets literally, marched anymore, do they? It's, it's true, literally there for this exact thing to to stamp out dissent and back chat. March the fuckers back ten meters. It's not. 
It's not. It's there. It's it in too, the, I've never really thought about the fact that it's, it's never used any. anymore, does it? So it is never really used not. at like, all. It's literally probably used about once every month I see it used in the I can't remember the last time I saw it. I saw it maybe used a couple of weeks ago, I think. But again, I was like, oh, you actually marched in back 10. Oh, is that still That's, a thing? Is that still, is that, yeah. is that still in the 42% anymore? <laughs> well, I mean, it remains to be seen. It may well not be in the rules anymore. But uh, yeah, so what a load of bollocks. Yeah. What else have you got this shit? Uh, shit for me are the Scarlets. Mm. We talked about their Lazarus-like comeback against Chiriso, but when they were, like, let's not forget, they were 21-7 up at home with 50 minutes left to play against 14 men. I do not know how they managed to nearly fucking lose that game. Like, Treviso were great. Yeah, they were, actually. And both them and Zebra have been great this year, to be fair. The reigning fucking Pro 14 champions should not be living quite as dangerously as that. And they just, they need, if they've got any kind of aspirations of getting out of this pool, they need to fucking kick up the arse in that regard. But, it all worked out fine. They got out of jail. But... Yeah, but you don't want to be relying on that too much, do you? No. Mark McVeigh got in touch on Twitter. Thank you, Mark, for getting in touch at Blood and Mud. And he said, shit, he's got two shits. One, nope. Ben Youngs. If the pack is not dominant, he's a bag of shit. I'd argue when the pack is dominant, he still has a he has bag of shit potential, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, the bag is being unfurled at any time. <laughs> at any time, he could be taking a dump in the bag, yeah. Yeah. Um, and two, we've already mentioned this, but he said it here. How was Devin Toner not given that try? And should the question not always be any reason I can't win? Yes, we agree with you on yes. that one, Mark. Yes, absolutely, hundred percent. Make the fucking decision. Yes. Hashtag make the fucking decision. <laughs> you can have long hashtags now in the new Twitter two hundred eighty yeah, character. You can. World, can't you, you? you can have a two hundred eighty character. Please make the fucking decision, Mister Referee. For fuck's sake, please. For fuck's sake. You twat. Yes. Yes. Uh, see, we've just said that referee should be respected. Then. <laughs> Yeah, but we're fans. We're like, right. anyone can slag yeah, them off exactly. on the. Uh... Yeah. Anyway, so what have we got next? Um, have you got any more shit? Or should we just yes. keep going? Uh, Teddy Tomar. Mm-hmm. Did you see him dropping the ball over the dead I didn't, ball line? Somebody did suggest oh, this on Twitter. But I, didn't, I didn't pick it up, but yeah, I did see it. It's glorious because he'd done everything else so beautifully. <laughs> it was, it was Tom a... Dare, it was. He said it was a perfect yeah. little vignette of French rugby, basically. Yeah. He did a beautiful little show and go to break through the line from the 22. And then sort of glided across the turf, heading towards underneath the post. And then as the cover's coming across, he could have just put it down, but tried to do that textbook thing of getting a bit cute and run around the tackler and go under the post. And instead, he kind of just, like the tackle came in and he could have just fallen over. And instead, he just sort of threw the ball up in the air and threw it over the dead ball line. (laughs) He was was the coming thing for a while, wasn't he? He fucking was, wasn't he? And now he is not. I mean, he's still a very good player. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he's um... very young as well. But yeah, stuff like that. Well, he was unseated by a man who'd never played 50 man rugby before. I mean, you know, you <laughs> can't. How are you supposed to fight against that? There's literally yeah. nothing you can who do. He, who does he technically play for now? Back Tower, Racing 92. Is it, is it not a fucking hell? So they could have both of those two yeah. mercurial liabilities playing. <laughs> Brilliant. I want, I'd watch that. I'd go to a weird stadium that has a massive screen at one end to watch that. <laughs> With 27 people in and a French poodle. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Dave Garrett got in touch on Twitter and he said, shit is Saints for making Ospreys look like an actual rugby team for an hour. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 
I'll take that. You'll take that. Though. You'll take. You'll take anything this first season. A, won't you? First you'll away take... win in the fucking Champions slash Heineken Cup since two thousand and eight. That was Jesus. That's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Is that all you got to like, say on that? Yeah. The last one was like Calvisiano or Viadana or one of those fuckers that don't exist anymore in top flight rugby. That's <laughs> the last time. The last we time won. we won away was against somebody who doesn't exist. That's so, how long ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's just oh. we last won away to the Brontosaurus fifteen. <laughs> Yeah, but and so that's what you did on the weekend, Saints. You gave us... I mean, thank you for that. We really appreciate it. However, seriously, guys. Uh, shit is uh, another person got in touch. Rugby Goat's got in touch. No, Marcus Smith looks very young. Yes. Well, Rugby Goat oh, sent us the picture of him wearing... He said it looks like he's wearing his dad's jacket. God, but he I looks even that. younger in a suit. He looks about... This, the, rugby Goat... He's also he had a haircut. 50. He's also had a haircut that it's makes somehow, somehow taken 10 years off him. I didn't think that was possible without him actually looking like a he sperm. He actually did all right in the snow as well on Saturday. Yeah, he's he was fine. His, you know, he's still he's, a good he's, player. He's, yeah. Do you well, know it's what that Marcus? Remarkable. I, I, I find it remarkable that somebody that works... that plays professional rugby for Harlequins has not got a suit that fits him. <laughs> like, he looked like, and he reminds me of, five or six years ago, I had two weddings in the space of a couple of weeks, and in one of those weddings, I my suit, the single suit that I had, which was very old, um, disintegrated in the trouser department. <laughs> and so, in preparation for this other wedding, I had, like, two or three days to get a new suit, and so I foolishly ordered a suit from the internet, sight unseen, off the peg and it was about yeah it was a shit idea it was a terrible quality suit but it literally made me i didn't have any choice but to wear it and in all the wedding photos i look like i'm wearing my dad's suit and that's exactly you're what quite Marcus, a tall man as well so proportions yeah, are difficult like, I'm, aren't they? yeah i'm not uh, yeah i'm a broad tall man and i just looked like i was basically living in this suit that had been handed down to me by some sort of weird andre the giant type figure and that was basically what marcus smith looked like <laughs> and it's it's they must be sponsored by thomas pink or something ridiculous <sighs> like that mustn't they they've got a formal wear supplier like if i if i as a fucking scruffy pleb can have now i've now got three suits by the way because i will never make that mistake again <laughs> but if i can have three suits that broadly to about you know fit me to the point where they look okay you can like get your sleeves done properly and have the jacket fitted it's bizarre like unless it was literally you picked up someone else's jacket did he pick up joe Marler's jacket I, I don't that know. It's just—it's the most ill-fitting thing I've it's ever seen incredible. in my life. I kind of love it, and I love him for it in a way because it's, but, he's, you know everybody who's that young has an ill-fitting suit, though, don't they? That's the kind of yeah. thing about it. Is the oh, you'll grow into it. He's, he, if he had a it's loud basically... waistcoat that his mum had bought for him, that'd be, that'd <laughs> just. In fact, he did have a bit of a shiny waistcoat on as well. Didn't actually, I basically think that the Quins have gone as my mother did when I was about fourteen and I had my first suit. Got it a bit big, so you grow into it. Yeah, my mum went and got me a full lot of going out gear when I was about 16 from Foster's menswear. Was that still a thing that's... when you were a king? No. No, see, that's even before <laughs> your time. And speaking of trousers that disintegrate in the in the you know gentleman's area department, I um, yeah. I was at my friend Lars's wedding. Hello, Lars, if you're listening, you're probably not. Um, and I, I like to have a dance oh, when I'm at a wedding. Nice. I like to have a dance. And there was, I think, Earth, Wind and Fire was on or something, and I was getting a bit well, carried away. Who the fuck could blame you? Was well, it, exactly. If it was September. It was September, enough. yeah, because that is banging. Absolute an absolute banger. banger. So anyway, I was doing the a disco squats, 
As you First do. squat, fine. Second squat, fine. Third squat, hot legs, slightly greasy legs with the heat. Trousers caught top of the knees. Third disco squat, down I went, bang. Literally oh. from the bottom of the oh. zip to the belt oh. at the back. <laughs> Oh, just just uh, um, a mere week ago, uh, a friend and colleague of mine was uh, getting a train to London to go to a prestigious uh, industry awards do, um, <laughs> for which he was nominated. Uh, and he very kindly stopped at Bristol Temple Mead Station to buy a big issue off a big issue seller, got his cash out, dropped his change on the floor, <laughs> bent down to pick it up and split himself from cock to anus um <laughs> from cossif to anus yes yes so then had to uh a sit on a train for two and a half hours to london uh flapping in the breeze because they had to catch the train and then had to find a h&m in london um near this thing venue to get some new trousers in time to pick up his swanky uh ppa awards so uh yeah could have been worse could not much been. apparently the big issue person looked at him and just went Oh mate, I'm sorry. <laughs> and when that's happened, oh, you, you know, things have not gone yeah, well. For that's you. rock bottom. <laughs> so, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, any of you got any stories? Forget player spotted. Next week, we want your stories of when you've ripped yeah, clothing. Thanks you, uh, <laughs> if you were near a rugby player when it happened, more the better. But I'm All not really that fussy. I'm not really that fussy. Yeah, it's fine. What else have we got this shit from Twitter? Uh, Martin Solomon got in touch and said, Malander Jr. is defending, yes. But we do like his yeah, attacking. His attacking is very good. Yule Vu got in touch on Twitter and said, good was this, yes. Pro 4 teams in... Pro, good was Pro 14 teams in the Champions Cup and shit is the Premiership teams. Yeah, we've covered that. But yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right. What else was shit? <laughs> JP Gwent got in touch. And he said, I can't decide whether this is shit or good. But have you <laughs> seen the video... I love those. those are my favourites. Have you seen the video of Danny Kerr getting knocked out by Archie White's oh, arse? That is fantastic. <laughs> good. It's 100%, 100% good. It's the, it's, the, it's the goodest thing we've probably had this week. <laughs> yes. Please, please find this on the internet, yes. everybody. It's, it's just... And in wonderful. the snow, did you see how bald Danny Kerr is, by the way? Oh, when yeah. His, when his hair was fully slapped down by the snow in the wet. He is raging against the dying of the light in that regard, oh, isn't he? Oh, he's got a full Phil Collins going on. It's a, rec- <laughs> it's a receder and an egg in the nest. It's a double whammy. <laughs> oh, that must be really... Like, just show Danny, do what I'm going to do. Just it's all fucking, coming off. Just, just take it all off, mate. It's not, it's not worth going full... Eggs yeah. on in net, or just go advanced hair studio. You can probably afford it. Yeah, so that yeah, it is the one of the best videos I've seen. For, and it's amazing how much purchase a man bending over can get. Yeah, like it probably fucking concussed him. You can see it? why your mate rips his kegs because yeah. you, know, you do throw yeah. some force backwards when you bend yeah. over. There's there's power in them glutes. <laughs> yeah, so that was glorious. <laughs> Are you watching it again and giggling? <laughs> yes, yes, of course I am. Have you got anything else to shit? No. I mean, nothing can be better. Like, let's be honest. We've just come right the way back round to good. And it's all up. Nothing's topping this. As far <laughs> Last as couple of things. Repka got in touch on Twitter and he said, shit, is rugby in England. When, on, when only Sale can beat a pro 14 side, it's pretty much all over. I mean, yeah. But, I mean, Sale, though, they only beat Cardiff. And Danny and Wilson do win was at quiet. Home. Yeah, do win and, at home. And Danny Wilson was quietly confident, which is always a bad sign. So, 
Yes. And he was quietly confident that after the release of Mary's Prayer in the 80s as well, wasn't he? <laughs> that is... I mean, that yeah. might be the nichest we've ever got. <laughs> Niche? It's an absolute classic, Mary's Prayer. <laughs> Very high register, though. Don't try and sing it. Very high. No, no, it's not a karaoke tune. It's not a karaoke tune. Anything by Queen and, and yeah. Mary's Prayer, don't take it yeah. on karaoke. Yeah, no, it's higher than you think. Bon Jovi also, as well, don't do it. Also, Springsteen stuff, higher than you oh, think yeah. as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, high register. Yeah. Tenor voice, not good. I Yeah, I foolishly got into a Born to, born to Run situation that I did oh. not know how to get out of at one point. Oh. <laughs> when it gets to the bridge, fuck me, that went wrong. <laughs> oh. We are the champions, it's like that. You think I'm doing all right here. And then you yeah. then you hit the big chorus bit. Oh shit, no, no chance. Yeah. Anyway. Was, yeah. No, we could talk karaoke about karaoke tip. That's the other podcast. Yeah. Karaoke tips yeah, karaoke with Josh and Lee. Oh, that would be great. Don't don't. Yeah, stay away from Springsteen. Stay away from anyone with a high tenor. Yeah, Queen, Bon Jovi. Yeah, Sam Smith. Yeah. Some Oasis yeah. tracks. Some yeah. might say is deceptively difficult to sing. Yeah, yeah. I would just yeah, you know. And if you are thinking about doing doing born to run really rev yourself up for the one two three four highways jam with broken heroes <laughs> bit because that will that will cause you pain yeah yeah well anyway shall we leave it there i think, I think we, we've definitely it. come to an end haven't we yeah when it gets into bruce springsteen karaoke that's probably the end of the podcast thank you everybody it? for listening thank you for, for subscribing thank you for the new listeners that we've got in the past few weeks i hope you're enjoying it despite the quite literal Totally unrelated nonsense we banged on about oh, this week. Yes, we were. Yeah, and we'll speak to you all next week, which will be the last Christmas. It'll be. The, I'm gonna have to get me party horn sound effect out again because it's yes, Christmas so party week. We'll have co- a constant bed of sleigh bells. Yeah, bring your kaplunk. Yeah. yeah, with you. Bring and Ludo, remote control cars. Remote yeah. control, Ludo, Jenga, <laughs> a sly bottle of vodka in your school bag. Bring it all in. Yeah, it'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, all that stuff. Speak to you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Take care, everybody. Bye. Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.